Thanks to Slack for supporting Industry Focus. Slack is a collaboration hub for work that makes sure the right people on your team are always in the loop and key information is always at their fingertips. You can learn more at slack.com. Welcome to Industry Focus, a podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It is Friday, November 30th. We're talking about a battle for the world's largest market cap. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined on Skype by senior tech specialist, Evan New. Evan, what's going on? Not much. Ready for the weekend. Ready for the weekend. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving holiday? Yeah, we took it easy here in Denver. Didn't really travel a lot, which is good since, you know, there was those storms in the Midwest that canceled like hundreds of flights last weekend when people are trying to get home for the work week. But yeah, it's nice to take it home, hang out with friends. Yeah, it's always easier to spend the holidays when you're not really moving too far, you know, and uh, if people come to you, even better. That was not my experience. I went home to New Jersey and, uh, you know, got to see some family, which was great. Spent my birthday on a bus back to D.C. hanging out last weekend. So uh, it was nice to see family, but I'm ready to be back in D.C. until I have to go back to New Jersey again for Christmas. Uh, But I'm looking forward to the weekend as well. Uh, I'm excited for that. Before we can get to the weekend, though, Evan, uh, we got to talk some tech stock news. And really, I think the story that's been dominating a lot of headlines recently is Apple was the largest company, first one to hit one trillion. Uh, now Microsoft and Apple are kind of jockeying for that title. Two very different paths to getting to that point, Evan. Right. So now you know they're both right around eight hundred fifty billion dollars in market cap. You know, so they're comparable. I mean, just whoever's in the lead kind of just depends on when you're checking the quotes, just because you know, they're just neck and neck. And to kind of put some context into the last time Microsoft and Apple had similar market caps was when Apple first overtook Microsoft's market cap back in mid-2010. Uh, at that time, Steve Jobs was still alive, the iPad had just been released, and the current iPhone was a 3GS. Uh, there was no such thing as a retina display, and Microsoft was still selling the Zune. So the that seems like uh, ancient history. It was a different time, a simpler time, one might say. Um, but them being neck and neck now, I think, is kind of a nice entree into us talking about Apple and Microsoft, where these two companies might be going. And, and really, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about Microsoft as a business. They've been kind of flying under the radar and putting up some pretty good results. So we're going to hit that today, and we're also going to hit some new news um, from Spotify and their international expansion. Um, to kick things off here, I mean, Microsoft is up. year-to-date, while the market has been pretty much flat. Or I guess that's over the past 12 months, not year-to-date. Even so, though, Evan, uh, the stock has been crushing the market. Apple has had the opposite happen. They've been getting crushed. Uh, What's been going on with these companies? So, I mean, Apple peaked in early October, and then all this China trade war stuff combined with earnings and just these, these reports that they're cutting production on the iPhone at 10R. A lot of these kind of negative you know, storylines are kind of contributing to Apple pulling back quite a bit. Meanwhile, Microsoft has just been you know, over the past, you know, even you know, further out. I mean, in the past two, three years, it's just been marching steadily higher, just very consistent, very you know, just up and to the right. And I think a lot of that is attributable to uh, CEO Satya Nadella just really continuing to execute well uh, on his cloud and cross-platform strategies. So now, you know, with the Apple pulling back, Microsoft continue to go up. Here we are. Now they're kind of neck and neck again. Yeah, the story for Microsoft is they made this switch in how they were delivering the Office suite and making it an as-a-service business. Um, I think this helped remedy a lot of the issues that they were experiencing, right? Because in the past, you could run on old Office software that you'd bought for quite some time and, and just kind of run it basically until your machine 
hit the ground and, and it was useless. Now you're paying a, a monthly subscription or something like that. It's much more appealing, gives them much more steady cash flows. Uh, and we talk about this a ton, but as a service, businesses are just better if you're trying to deliver software content. They made that switch. It was a little painful for them to do that, but they're clearly enjoying the results of that now. Right. I mean, they, they started this a long time ago, and, and you're absolutely right. Generally speaking, investors love subscription businesses because it's recurring, it's usually high margin, uh, and it gives you a lot of visibility into where this business is going. And Microsoft recognized this you know, many years ago, and you know, well before Nadella came on board, or not on board, but was named CEO. But I mean, they, they launched Office 365 back in 2011, and Office has always been one of their most you know, profitable cash cows. Uh, and getting that Business to a subscription model was always going to be was always uncertain, but they've done an incredible job with that. Uh, they now have over 170 million users for Office 365, including both commercial and consumer. So I think they've done a really well, you know good job over the past seven years getting that business into a subscription model and really justifying why that model makes more sense for most customers, including both enterprise and home users. And the software side is really what separates these two businesses. You know, Apple is a hardware company that is trying to build its services segment. Microsoft is a software company uh, that just seems to have its hands in everything. You look at the gross margins for these two companies, Microsoft over 60%, less than 40% for Apple. That's a big part of why we see two very big companies trading at totally different valuations. Right. I mean, Microsoft is trading at about 45 times earnings compared to Apple's 15. So, so that's a pretty stark contrast in terms of the you know, underlying earnings valuations of these two companies, even though their market caps are now similar. And in contrast, you know, Apple's only been really focusing heavily on this services business uh, for only about a couple of years. I mean, of course, they've always been focusing, you know, trying to grow it, but really highlighting it in terms of telling investors, hey, look how well we're doing. Uh, they only started really talking about it back in early 2017 when they publicly put out that goal that, hey, we're going to double this business over the next four years. But as you mentioned, still, a lot of this business is still very much dominated by hardware, uh, which is fundamentally less profitable than software. Yeah, and these models are a little bit different too, right? You know, even though Apple is saying, hey, we're focusing on software, well, all of that software is predicated on their own hardware sales. You know, they aren't really getting much in the way of revenue if someone is buying an Android device. And that's not the case for Microsoft. You know, they don't have to worry as much about hitting with hardware products because the software that they make is so industry standard, it's so ubiquitous. Right, and I think that you know those are all reasons that are contributing to why Microsoft has this premium compared to Apple. I mean, Apple's total revenue base is also about two and a half times as large as Microsoft. So I think that the market is recognizing that Microsoft probably has a little bit more upside in a lot of its core markets. I mean, if you compare it to like the smartphone market, which globally is relatively saturated in terms of unit volumes, which we've seen play out with Apple's own unit volumes um, that they've been reporting, whereas Microsoft just you know the enterprise productivity market is huge and still growing. Uh, they also have a a lot of exposure to the really you know, booming cloud infrastructure market, uh, which is the, you know cloud hosting services for third-party companies, and they're only second to Amazon Web, Ser Web Services, and that market has massive upside many years going forward. Uh, just for an example, last quarter, the third quarter, the overall market grew almost 50%. So that's kind of growth that they have exposure to that Apple doesn't. Something that's really compelling about that too, Evan, is you know you think about the major players there. If Amazon's number one and you're, say, a retailer, or you're in the e-commerce space, would you rather give your business to Microsoft or Amazon? <laughs> you know, by, by not operating there, uh, they are able to offer a lot of people who would probably rather be separate from Amazon uh, a pretty viable number two. And, and I think that that is probably going to be something that gives them a lot of success in the cloud market. 
All right, and they're doing better than Google too. I mean, they're they're ahead of Google. Their their market share is about twice as big as Google's right now. So you know, between you know, Amazon's number one, Microsoft's number two, Google's number three, but you know, I think Microsoft you know has a much stronger case because it's always been such a strong enterprise software and services player that they have so much else they can really offer to you know companies that need these services. Uh, in addition to just cloud infrastructure, they have you know productivity software and all these things. Uh, so yeah, I think they have a really strong value proposition overall. I think the natural question, Evan, is, okay, the market has been choppy. I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are looking for some safety when it comes to the stocks that they own. These mega cap companies offer that. They offer dividends. They aren't going anywhere, right? They, they, they pass the snap test. If these companies disappeared overnight, people would notice. If you have to pick between Apple and Microsoft, which one are you going with? I would say Apple's safer just by virtue of that earnings multiple being so low. I mean, Fundamentally, any company that has a you know, higher earnings multiple is a little bit more subject to volatility. Uh, if think you know people start getting concerned about the market and volatility is going up, um, I mean that being said, I still think Microsoft is doing incredibly well and executing very well. But just you know, if you look from a valuation standpoint, I would say that Apple's a little bit safer. What about on the business model side? I'm thinking about this outside of the core financials because I look at what Microsoft's doing and I look at what Apple's doing. And I mentioned before, you know, Apple's success is predicated on hardware sales. Not that uh, the iPhone is going away anytime soon, but that is that looming existential threat to that entire ecosystem, is that a better mousetrap is developed in the smartphone space or some other device comes along. If you're saying, I'm going to set this and forget this for five years, are you sticking with Apple? I'd probably say so, but I don't <laughs> think Microsoft's a bad play by any means. Yeah, I think you could do a lot worse. Uh, for my money, if, if, if I'm going to throw one out there, I'll take the other side of this one, Evan. I'll take, I'll take Microsoft over the next five years. Uh, the recurring revenue is appealing to me. I say this as an Apple shareholder, of course, um, but the recurring revenue is impressive to me. Uh, I think that the floor on their business, despite the higher valuation, um, is going to be a little bit higher. It's going to be easier for them to find success. And I look at all these different spaces that they're in. I talked with Nick Seipel, who hosts the Thursday show, uh, before we came down and taped because he is a Microsoft bull, loves this company. And he made the point beyond just cloud. They are one of the leaders in gaming. They are one of the leaders in the AR and VR space with HoloLens. They have their fingers in so many different pies right now. It's pretty incredible. Uh, I, I just I, I'm impressed with what they've done. You know, especially with their core product. I mean, I think you have a good point in terms of like downside to the actual fundamentals and like things like revenue because you know I mean there's a lot of talk about a recession on the horizon maybe in the next one or two years and if a recession hits I mean you're absolutely right the consumer hardware is going to get hit pretty hard I mean people don't have to buy an iPhone if they have one they might delay those purchases um, but enterprises still got to do business they're still probably going to be spending a lot of money on Microsoft so yeah I think you have a good point there too yeah those fortune 500 companies are going to continue to pay for the office suite you know it's nice to disagree every now and then Evan I think we, we spend so much time agreeing with each other. It's nice to take opposite sides of something. Um, we are going to talk about Spotify and its international expansion. We're going to hit that on the back half of this show. But before we get over there, thanks to Slack for supporting Industry Focus. Slack is a collaboration hub for work, whatever work you do. With Slack, the right people on your team are kept in the loop, and the information they need is always at their fingertips. Teamwork on Slack happens in channels, which lets you organize conversations and information around projects, offices, and teams because everything you need for work is in one place. It's nice, easy, and fast to get things done. We use Slack here at HQ, and it is probably one of my favorite tools. 
Evan and I go back and forth on Slack before we tape. We kick around ideas, share notes, and thanks to Slack's drag-and-drop file sharing, it is so easy to do that. It's also great on the go with mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly, so you can pick up right where you left off no matter where you are. With Slack, our team is better connected. Yours can be too. To find out more, go to slack.com. Slack, where work happens. Learn more at slack.com. That's slack.com. All right, Evan, for the back half of today's show, we are going to be catching up on some news from Spotify. It's a company you follow quite a bit. Yeah, so look, we're getting reports now that they're uh, about to launch in India, and they've been eyeing that market for a long time and really kind of talking it up about the potential there. So now it seems like they might actually be, be able to launch in the next six months. And India is the second most populous country in the world with 1.3 billion. So, I mean, there's a lot of people there uh, to potentially address. And their prospectus for the IPO uh, earlier this year confirmed that they had uh, leased some office space and hired some employees. So they were already laying down some groundwork, and it sounds like they're starting, they're getting close to moving in. Yeah, and the international expansion strategy, um, you know, we've seen them roll to more and more countries uh, in the past year or so, and they've enjoyed some good amount of success with that because they are not forcing people to pay for a product right off the bat. They have this model that lets people come in, use something on the free side, kind of see all the benefits, and then work their way up to a paid subscription model. Right, so that's been a real key to their growth in emerging markets is the fact that they have this free a free ad-supported tier that they can get people on board for at no cost and then try to convert them to paid subscriptions later on. Of course, that's the opposite of what Apple does. Is Apple Music has no free tier. There's only a paid version, which does limit its uptake in emerging markets. And, I mean, just as kind of another interesting point here, uh, Spotify previously said that with this model, uh, once they successfully convert a free user to a paid user, it takes about a year, 12 or 13 months for them to break even uh, compared to like all the money they kind of were missing out on when they're offering the free service. Um, so there, there was some speculation that they might buy into this market and acquire someone rather than have uh, them expand their own platform there and kind of start from scratch. Are you surprised that they wound up going this route? Yeah, it sounds like the deal. They just couldn't get a deal done, so they're just going to go ahead and expand on their own organically. Which I mean, they do have a very strong brand globally. Um, it, it might be a little bit trickier to you know build that brand from scratch in India since there are a lot of other players there. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah, it's it's worth noting here. There are I think two big streaming players that are domestic market players uh, on top of you know the competition that they're going to be getting already from people using YouTube and things like that to consume content. So it's not like Spotify is just going to go in there and immediately add a ton of subscribers. There's a pretty competitive market there. Uh, the local services, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but Ghana, G-A-A-N-A, and then uh, Savin or Savin, S-A-A-V-N, uh, they both have tens of millions of subscribers. So a little bit of an uphill battle there for Spotify. Right, and YouTube is by far the dominant source of music for India, specifically because it's free and there's just so much music content uh, on YouTube. And I mean, I think the big thing here is that you know one of the biggest hurdles, as is often the case in the music streaming industry, is obtaining the licensing rights to be able to operate in those markets. And I think a lot of these rights holders weren't very happy with you know Spotify. You know, over the past six months, Spotify has been inking these direct licensing deals with independent artists, which kind of cuts out record labor labels out of the loop. And you know they're not too happy about that, but of course Spotify has always said, "Hey, we're not trying to replace labels. We're just trying to offer different 
models for how to you know do business with these smaller artists that maybe don't need that type of representation. So that creates some tension and some issues, but reportedly those have all now been resolved and Spotify does have enough of the rights that it needs to to really feel comfortable with this launch. I think big term this is probably something that a lot of Spotify investors are probably pretty thrilled with. You know, you mentioned before it's a uh, second largest market uh, and it's not like China is going to become accessible. You know, they they are very walled off to a lot of uh, foreign players. And so, this is kind of the remaining big fish for them to go out and really establish themselves in. Um, putting this into context, understanding how this news, how this move will start impacting the numbers that investors are looking at quarter to quarter, uh, what I think we'll see as they get up and running is a surge in free users. Um, what's important to note, and you and I were going back and forth before the show about this, is this won't hit their ARPU number even though these are free users coming on board. Right. So, the, the ARPU number that they report is specifically related to their premium segment. Um, and that being said, I mean, the ad-supported segment is just, they don't make a lot of money there. I mean, the margins are terrible, uh, as you would expect. And I think that's going to be the real big challenge here, is monetization and premium conversion over time. Uh, just because, I mean, India is, is not a rich country, and most people don't have a lot of discretionary income uh, to pay for a service like Spotify. So, you know, that's going to be a challenge. I think um, even if you look like super long term, though, like decades out, you know, India's rising middle class could help. You know, as people, you know, more and more people come into the middle class, that could change their their ability and willingness to pay for a music streaming service. But I mean, that could take quite a long time. But in the meantime, if Spotify can just get in there, establish a stronger presence and brand and position than Apple, and Apple's always done very poorly in, in the Indian market in cross pretty much every way, uh, I think it could still end up paying off. Yeah. Uh, and so, this is something that is more or less an extension of what we've seen from them as a strategy. Uh, it's not like this is going to be any different in terms of uh, operating process or anything like that. Um, and it's not like this is going to be the move that really changes the financials for this company. If anything, it might make things a little bit worse before they get better. Right. In the near term, I'd agree with that. But I do think it's still worth going after it since there's just so many people. And, and I mean, there's a big opening because Apple doesn't really address these emerging markets. So Spotify can really fill that void. But again, the challenge will be building sustainable and profitable business on it. Yeah. Always a struggle. Uh, Evan, thanks for hopping on and talking about it with me. I hope you enjoy your weekend. You too. Thanks for having me. Listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. We have a quick housekeeping note as we wrap up. The banner image on our Twitter page, that's at MF Industry Focus, is woefully out of date. Uh, we could take a new picture with the hosts to replace it, but we thought it might be more fun if we solicited some fan art from our listeners. And we got this inspiration from Market Foolery's Twitter banner image of Wilfred Brimley hanging off an airplane with Reese's flying out of his pockets. That came unsolicited from a listener, I think a year or two back. So if you, one of our dear Industry Focus listeners, have an idea and some crude art skills, we would love to see what you can render to represent the MF Industry Focus page. If you want to send something our way, you can shoot it over to industryfocus at fool.com. And you can also reach out to us there if you have any questions or comments. And of course, you can reach out to us there for questions and comments as well. If you want more of our stuff, subscribe on iTunes, or you can catch videos of this podcast over on YouTube. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for all his work behind the glass today. For Evan New, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!